This is the Strong Woman Sisterhood Podcast. My name is Rachel Broderick, and I'm here to share and talk all things health, wellness, and wisdom with strong women who are wanting to improve how they think about themselves and their life and become what I like to refer to as real life fit. So if you are ready to become the strongest version of yourself on the inside and out, I can't wait to share this journey with you. Let's dive right in. I am absolutely honoured to be uh, on the podcast tonight with the amazing Samantha Francis. So for anyone who doesn't know, Samantha Francis is an award-winning parenting and relationship specialist. Not only that, she's also a number one best-selling author. Her work has been featured across the media, including Channel 4 News and the BBC, and she's been featured in magazines such as Primary Times and Marie Claire. Her mission is to help mums and to raise awareness of mental health. And she's been praised by clients, both those who have crossed her path and even the actor and best-selling author, David Walliams, has commended her work. Samantha's passion continues to support mums and children with their wellness, mental health and relationships, as this is something that as a mum herself has been a deep mission for her and she takes great pleasure in seeing happy families. Wow. amazing uh, I like where well, I don't even like know where to start it just seems you like seem to have lots and lots of strings to your bow and I know that I followed you on social media for a little while now um Sam and you know you you just come across with this absolute energy and this absolute passion for what you do so can you just kind of tell us a little bit more about yourself because you've got so many strings to your bow yeah Yes, yes. Oh, thank you, Rachel. Um, and also just to say, I'm so pleased that you asked me to be here as well. It's a pleasure to be here talking to you as well. Um, yeah, so where do I start? I've been very, very busy over the last 13 years. Um, so yeah, I, I started off on my journey. Well, number one, I'm a mum of two girls. Okay, so um, and that was kind of where my pathway started from when I had my eldest. Um, and I, I had a lot of issues in terms of physical problems after I had my eldest. I went through a lot. Um, I, I couldn't use my left arm. I was unable to walk um, pain-free. Um, and I'd very, I had a very traumatic labor. Um, I had a three-day labor and I was injured afterwards. I was in physiotherapy for a few years. They couldn't help me. Um, and I was just miserable i was depressed i had postnatal depression my relationship was pretty much at its end at that point as well um and i thought no there has to be more than this like this is not what motherhood should feel like i shouldn't be feeling like this i'm in physical pain emotional pain and i want out so i went on this pathway of looking for alternative help and support for myself and I came across somebody mentioned to me oh, have you ever had any kind of energy healing something like Reiki you know and I thought well, whatever you know I wasn't into things like that at all it was all kind of like whatever um so I thought okay look I've, I've been from doctor to doctor nobody seems to have any kind of answer for me and I'm still in pain so let me try it I went for one Reiki session and after that session I could I could, got off of the the Breaky couch and I moved around and I was not in pain and I was shocked 
right? So I went in there with someone that was just like, whatever, I'm going to waste an hour's, my, hour's worth of my time. And I walked out of there pain-free and in absolute shock. And not only that, it was the effects that I felt afterwards as well. I, I felt like my mind was lifted. I felt more positive, more optimistic about life. I was excited again. I felt like how I should have been feeling. And then I thought, no, I've got to look more into this. And before I knew it, I was on this journey of learning Reiki, practicing it, and then becoming a Reiki master teacher. Um, and along that, I, I did a lot of stuff to do with nutrition and crystal healing and lots of different things, because I believe that kind of to get overall wellness, we need to pull in lots of different things sometimes. It's never just one thing. Um, but I noticed a lot of my clientele were mothers um, who had lost their way in some way or another. And the main issue that they were really struggling with was their relationships and their parenting. Um, there was a lot of anxiety around being a good parent and what that meant and if they were good enough. And all of these insecurities were coming up and I found myself actually kind of spending a lot of time or maybe more time than I should have done <laughs> um, counseling and coaching these moms. And so somebody eventually turned around and said, why is it people don't know you for what you do, you know, you should be telling people what you do because what you do has worked for me. And it's, you know, and I was getting all this feedback from all of these women that I'd spoken to and the things that I'd said to them and suggested and, and kind of helped them with had helped. So I thought, okay, I will come, come out and let everyone know what I've been doing. Um, and I rebranded myself. And in that time, um, I mean, I'm still a holistic therapist now, but I felt like my passion and my drive was to help women, not just as mothers, but as women as well. And around that time as well, I, I'd written um, a couple of books um, to help mums with their children that were having issues with mental health as well. Because I'd gone through that with my, my children as well. And I wanted people to know, I mean, I'm an open book, you know, you can come and ask me anything, but I wanted people to know that you can go from A and trans you know from a to z there's a journey there but it can be done you know so i'd released my books and people again saying like you need to really push and, and show yourself as, as this person now you know because you're good at what you do i'm there a little old me thinking oh you know no 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 i'm all right you know it's fine you know but eventually i had enough backing behind me to kind of push me in the direction i am and I, I haven't looked back because this is what I genuinely feel like I'm called to do. I'm called to help and support mothers to be the best versions of them first, but also for their children too, and for any other relationship they have. Fantastic. That's so, so interesting. And it's really interesting the journey that you've gone on, not only, like you say, as a mother, but now how this has become your passion and your purpose. Yeah. So obviously then all of this experience has fed now into your business and this is now what you do isn't it it's you helping um helping women find themselves again you talked a little bit about the relationship that you've had with yourself over the years when it comes to health and self-care actually i know that you and i have um uh workout interest in common yeah. we both love sean t which is <laughs> the randomest thing so this you know so for obviously anyone listening won't know this but 
when Sam and I initially connected and we got chatting and she said, Oh, I've been doing this work and I might do this workout program and it's two twenty five and I was like, shut the front door. <laughs> I love Sean D. You know, you're like, Oh my God, this is so, we are obviously meant to like, that's because we you know we love this this lovely man um so uh, but yeah you've you know you've had your relationship with yourself has obviously gone through its own journey over yeah. the years when it comes to health and self-care so how has that relationship changed over the years in light of all the things that you've experienced would you say yeah i mean i think you know we i think a lot of the misconception that people have is that you you just kind of you you're born and then you know how to love yourself and that's just not the case. Like we have to learn to love ourselves. And the relationship that I've had with myself, like if honestly, if you had told me 13 years ago that I would be doing everything that I'm doing now, I would be having this conversation with you, that I would have gone through all the things that I'd gone through and come out on the other end of it, I would have laughed at you. Because the person that I was 13 years ago, I, goodness me, I was a hot mess. <laughs> I was, you know, somebody that was so disconnected from herself, was um, insecure and feeling unloved. I'm looking for external validation for that because I didn't get that or I didn't feel like I got that from my parents. I had extremely low self-esteem. I was in a relationship where I was being, you know, treated terribly and I stayed because I felt like that was what I was worth. That was the best that I could get. Um, and I, I, I think there would have even been a part of me that really disliked who I was. I, I couldn't value myself or love myself. And um, I, I thought, you know, when I had my eldest, I thought, no, something has to change here because I have this little person now that is going to be looking to me, this massive responsibility and, and learning everything of me. And what exactly am I going to be teaching her about self-love and how to look after yourself and wellness? Very little. <laughs> so I kind of, it was the, the, the jumpstart for me to kind of really look into myself and think, okay, how do I want to change my life? Well, number one, the first thing I need to do is change how I feel about myself you know, because that's a big thing. You know, I firmly believe that if you don't value yourself, you're going to attract in people in situations that don't value you either. You set that bar and it's actually when you set it low, you set it high. So over the 13 years, it's been a rocky road to love myself. You know, it hasn't been easy because there's been, you know, it's not just a case of, oh, you know, I love myself now. It's a case of, Oh, this is triggering me, or this this pain has come up, or this trauma has come up, or I've got to heal this, and this is painful stuff. You know, I'm having to face a lot, but it's been like a roller coaster up until the last few years, where it's felt like it's been steadily consistent. It feels calm, yeah. If that's the best way I can describe it, because I, I had a lot of trauma and I did a lot of self punishing and. I didn't take care of myself in the best way that I could. And I had a lot of inner child stuff playing out and I had to repair it myself in, in the process. So the person I am today, I love myself. I'm fully aware that there's always going to be stuff there that will come up, but I can love myself through it. Whereas the person I was 13 years ago would have been on self-destruct mode, would have hated myself, would have hidden away, would have tried to bury it and not deal with my stuff. And I think the best way to show yourself love is to hold space for yourself and allow yourself to feel. 
because it's really easy to emotionally shut down and block everything out and go, no, 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 I don't want to hear it. It takes a lot of courage to actually sit with yourself and go, wow, I'm in deep pain. And there may be nobody else around me that can hold space for me or feel me or listen to me. But I know I can because I'm the best person to do that. Yeah. I think as well, you know, when you uh, become a mother as well, that is such a massive turning point in any woman's life anyway. And, you know, you know, kind of taking on board what you've just said about, you know, you know, not taking care of yourself and, and not making that time for yourself. I think certainly as a mother, there's the whole lack of self-care anyway, yeah. certainly in the early days. And, you know, and, and actually that can, that can perpetuate even longer where you think, okay, it's all about my children. You know, mm. I put myself last and, you know, and, and it, not a martyrdom, although that's quite a strong word. It kind of is in a, in a little bit of a way because it's yeah. kind of that self, you know, that self-sacrifice in, and it's obviously, you know, there are women who do that with the best of intentions, yes. but I am a firm believer personally in that, you know, and I've used this phrase before, you cannot pour from an empty cup and it sounds Absolutely. super cheesy, but it's one of those things that, you know, people like personally myself, I get up really early. Or I try to. <laughs> Lockdown's been a bit iffy. But, yeah. you know, um, normally I try and get up, you know, when I can early. You know, that's like sometimes 5, 5.30 in the morning. And I have that time in the morning before the kids get up about 7, 7.30. Mm. And some people think that's absolutely bonkers, you know, can't kind of wrap the head around, like, why would you get up that early? And it's like, for me, because if I've had that section of the day that's mine and it's quiet time and it's, and of course it's indulgent, it's completely indulgent. But if I have that time at the start of the day, I feel so energized. I usually do a workout. I will... Mm -hmm you know, um, do some meditation or I will uh, journal or I'll read and I'll kind of just get my head in the right space for the day. And I know for a fact now that if I have that pour into myself at the start of the day, I feel like I can control the day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah. so do you have, you know, what, how do you, what is your routine in terms of maintaining that self-care what does that look like for you in terms of maintaining and making that space for yourself yeah I mean I, I that's a really good point because again like you say as mums we tend to put ourselves at the bottom of the priority list and like you said I think that's the worst thing we can do because if you've got nothing there what have you got to give you know to your children or your partner or whatever so having a self-care routine is so important and having it in a way that feels good for you is important as well so I tried things like the miracle morning and things like that I don't know why it just didn't click with me so I thought okay I'm going to do my own thing um and I just like you I the kids get up around 7 30 ish 8 ish I naturally I'm an early riser anyway it's so annoying because even if I go to bed super late, my body's just like ping awake like six o'clock. Uh, but I get up and I always have my um, my diary or my journal next to me. I always plan my day ahead or my week ahead from the night before anyway. So at least in my head, I know right what's going to happen in the day. 
Um, I'll have my journal next to me. I may listen to some meditation in the morning in bed and indulge. Um, I may do some breath work in the morning as well. Um, I will journal at least once a day. Um, and then I get up, I have something to eat, maybe a coffee or whatever I feel for in that morning. And I tend to try and get my workouts done in the morning. Um, just to, this sounds awful, not to just get it out the way, but to have my time and that chunk of space in the morning as well. So that I know I can focus and dedicate my time to the kids um, throughout the day, especially now with lockdown and everything. Um, I tend to get my work in terms of my, my business stuff done in the morning as well. Um, just to, again, get that, get that out of the way so my full attention can be on the kids. Because when it comes to around evening time, that's my time again. So they know and they've known from a very young age that that's mummy's time. And that's mummy's almost thinking time or time out, whatever way you want to put it. And at the beginning, they didn't like that because they thought, oh, we want to spend time with you. And it wasn't until I said to them, well, listen, when I have this time for myself, I can be a better and more fun mum for you. And it's so true because, you know, yes, we can get up early. Well, for me, I could get up early in the morning and have that time. But by the end of the day, I need that time out for me again. <laughs> <laughs> and I need that quiet time. And I always say to people like, create a routine that feels right for you, that's adapted to your family, that you can manage every day. You know, because like I said, I couldn't do the miracle morning. It just didn't sit right with me. Um, but I know by creating my own self-care routine, I can do it every day. And that feels good. So you obviously do a lot of work with parents and that, you know, you run a fantastic um, community, positive parenting community, and we'll, I will share the links to, to your groups and your pages in the, in the show notes. Um, but you run a fantastic community and, you know, and obviously you do work with parents who, you know, um, you know, maybe you know a lot of parents do struggle don't they and I think at the moment you know yeah. lockdown is like the perfect you know kind of recipe for everything going out of the window and you know I know I've certainly had those days where it's been very shouty it's been very um tensions have been very high um you know and you know by the end of the day you just feel thoroughly awful because you you know if you, you know I've had days where I've shouted at the kids and they've shouted back and it's just been very emotional for everybody and I think yeah. obviously emotions are heightened at the moment aren't they anyway but so how where do you start so when you are working with parents where what is the starting point for you does it start with okay what is your self-care or does it start with okay how were you parented um as a child where does that where does it start because when you're doing this work where, yeah. where does it start it's a really good question because um every time i work with a client on a one-to-one -one basis it's always tailored for them so a lot of the majority of the time i will say to a client well what's the problem what's happening let me into your world let me examine what's going on and often a lot of the time with parents we think the problem is a certain thing but it's actually not and it's my job to actually see what the actual real problem is, get to the source of that with the parent, and then work our way forward from that. 
So, for example, if a, if a parent is coming to me about a child that's having tantrums and the parent's getting stressed out as well and there's this back and forth arguing all the time, a lot of the time the parent will say, well, it's a child doing this, he or she won't behave or he or she is doing this and that. And then I will listen and then I will say, okay, what happens before this tantrum? Or what do you say when this tantrum is happening? Right? Because it, it takes two to tango. And then when we kind of bring out the mirror and we say, okay, what is your child reflecting back to you? Um, a lot of the time with my clients, I get them to work on the inner child that is playing out in them that their child is reflecting back. And this is why I primarily work with the parents instead of children, because I think once, and the way I work, I have a system, is once the parents can address the stuff that's showing up, the child mirrors that back. Yeah? Yeah. It's, it, it, I'm not, I'm, I'm sat here like a nodding dog, like everything you say, I'm like, yeah, yeah, because there is nothing. And, and I think one of the things that really, um, I suppose, really kind of really took me by surprise as a parent, because you kind of have this idea in your head of the kind of parent that you're going to be and yeah. all the things you're not going to do that your parents did and I'm not going to do this. And invariably, and I've certainly experienced this in my own parenting style um you know which is full of faults and not perfect and it's messy and all of the stuff and rough around the edges but actually I have certainly def well I've definitely mirrored <laughs> some of the things that in the style that I, in the way that I was parented yeah. and it's kind of and it takes you and, and even when it's happening you kind of it's you know you're in that moment you're like this is the exact opposite of how I wanted this situation to be yeah. but I'm I'm in it and it's happening and I'm having this conversation and you know I grew up in a very very shouty household very shouty household and so my default position when I'm not feel like I'm not in control and my child isn't listening is to shout yeah so we end up shouting at each, you know and it's and it's horrible and I hate it and it's and it's kind of like when the penny drops it's like okay I can see why this is happening but it's really interesting you talk about what happened before that situation yeah. because I found my children are an absolute mirror of my behavior, you know, the yeah. way I am. Yeah. That's quite, that, that can be really quite hard to accept, I think, yeah. sometimes, can't it? Absolutely, because a lot of parents can get very defensive and think, oh, well, you know, that it's not my fault, you know. And the way I approach my work is it, I, I don't blame. I don't use the word blame or fault or anything like that. It's human nature. I, at the beginning, with my eldest, I was carrying on patterns from my childhood, the way I saw my parents raising me, that I hated. And I found myself behaving that way with my daughter. And it wasn't until my daughter was, like, really depressed, you know, and I had to seek support for her that I thought, oh, my God. That was my wake-up. I thought, what? has actually gone on here um and this is the thing they will mirror us so yeah like if your child is behaving in a certain way i will always say how long has this been going on for what what happened prior to that there has to have always been something because things don't just appear out of the blue there is always a build-up somewhere and if you can get to the source of that then you can get a way forward with that but absolutely you know the whole mirror thing it, it can be so empowering to know that you have 
this almost like control over how, and I don't mean in a, in a horrible way, but just how your children respond to you. Because, you know, if somebody says, you know, my child's behaving aggressively, I would always say, okay, do you think somewhere in the way you communicate to your child, there's a little bit of aggression being felt by your child? It's about taking ownership and going, well, actually, maybe. And how do I change this? You know, and then you find that your child starts changing their behavior towards you too. But we've all, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. There's no such thing as a positive. I mean, I, I have my positive parenting community and I have to sell this to people all the time. It's not about being positive all the time. That doesn't exist. If it does, let me know where it does because <laughs> I haven't found it yet. And um, it's about bringing more positive into your home because you can always bring a bit more positive into your home, even if it is that light bulb moment where you think, ah, that's mirrored behavior or she got that from me or you know what I mean? It's a way forward, but you know, it's life. It's life. It's always going to be a bit up and down, but once you, once you're connected within yourself and you have a good relationship going on with yourself and your inner child, you will find parenting so much easier. And what, what is the, um, so, if you are obviously working with a parent and you know they're going through these challenges which we all go through as a parent don't we i think we all have that worry that oh my goodness like i'm damaging this relationship it can't you know i can't you know well am i damaging my child for life you know is there is there a point where you think actually there is a point of no return <laughs> or is it always possible to turn it around, you know, given your experience and working with so many parents? Well, given my experience and what, what I've, you know, come across in terms of the parents that I've worked with, I'm going to be really honest and I'm going to say, well, I think I say this a lot in my posts as well. As soon as you spot these things, nip it in the bud. The younger you start, the better. I speak to so many parents of teens where there has been a massive disconnection that's happened many years prior to that and it's never been addressed and it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and the teenage years can be perceived as a very as a very difficult period but i i think that if you haven't really done the foundational work from when they're young it can be really really difficult and fractured when they reach like the teenage years. Um, I have seen things come together through a hell of a lot of hard work. And we have to remember something with relationships, you need both parties to want to make it work as well. That's another difficult one, especially as the, you know, the, the child is now a teen or, or a young adult or, you know, they've got a mind of their own. And if they've spent the last 10 years feeling resentment and unlove and just really negative things and you know towards the parent that's really difficult to repair it's not impossible but it's really difficult um because there's been so much disconnection and damage that's taken place um so i always say you know again it takes two people to want to make it work but the sooner you notice things in terms of disconnection with your child get support for it nip it in the bud because it's going to save you a hell of a lot of heartache later on. It's really interesting, just it popped into my mind as you, as you were talking then. And one of the things that I think when we're, when we're pregnant and we're becoming a mother for the first time, you know, 
some of us do those courses where we kind of like like learn how to look after the baby and change the nappy and breastfeed and we do all those kinds of courses yeah but we don't look into how am I going to parent like what are the issues that I have what is in my what baggage have I got that I don't you know that I do or don't want to bring into this new relationship that we're going to yeah. have and there's a you know there's a huge gap there isn't there in terms of because because we're because <laughs> we are you know nobody nobody knows how to be a parent it's just like you have a baby and suddenly you were like oh right okay there's a person and I'm winging it and and so actually there's a there's a huge gap there isn't there don't you think yeah I do I do and this is why I do the work that I do because it was a massive gap for me as well like I said, I was depressed when I had my eldest. There was a massive disconnection there emotionally, but it wasn't until she she was um, she was sent to have play therapy and the therapist was giving me sessions <laughs> as well. I thought, oh, hang on a minute. Are you saying that there's something going on there with me? You know, and he kept trying to dig into me and, and get really deep and get me to really feel. And I kept being really resistant to that. And when I reflect back, I think that was what was wrong with my relationship with my daughter. I couldn't step into those deep emotions because I had so many wounds of my own that I just hadn't addressed. And I find this is something that's so common because I help a lot of clients with their relationships as well. I hear it so often, especially from females that say, well, he has to bring this to the table and he has to do this and he has to be like this, this and that. And I say, that's fantastic. You know what you want. Now, let me ask you, what are you bringing into that connection? And I mean everything as in, what's your wounds? What's your baggage? What, you know, are you bringing your past in? How are you coming into that connection and into that relationship and contributing it to it? You know, because it's the same thing. It's like you say with the parenting. What are we bringing into our parenting? What are we showing our children? What are we teaching our children? I hear a lot of us, and I've said it in the past as well, we're just winging it right but we can wing it to a certain point but if we really kind of look at it from the standpoint of okay I can't be winging it all the time because this is a child this is a human being that we're bringing up and raising and that needs to be taken seriously you know but again it all starts with the parent it's about whether you're able to really connect in with yourself and you're willing to do that and you're able because if you can't hold space for yourself you're going to find it really difficult to hold space for your child's emotions. So with all that in mind and the journey that you've been on over these last 13 years, if you could say one thing to your younger self, knowing what you do now, knowing what you know now about yeah. self-care and well-being, what would it be? I think I would say something along the lines of you are loved. You are so loved. And the, the love that you're looking for is you already hold it. You just need to access it and not be afraid to access it. Because once you can access that part of you, everything else unfolds beautifully for you. That's, oh, <laughs> that's amazing oh it's, Samantha it's been an absolute joy I feel we could sit in like chat for for hours on some of this <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but it's been an absolute pleasure and um you know for anyone who wants to reach out and connect with Samantha I like I said I'll put all her links and um on sites and everything in the show notes feel free to reach out and connect with her she's 
you know, in, you know, we've only like known each other a relatively short time really, but you know, when you just get that good energy and she just radiates this good energy and this genuine passion to really want to help women and parents just be the best that they can be. So thank you so much, Samantha. Thank you for having me. Take care.